What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science. How are you guys doing today? It is, for me, at least while recording this, Saturday, 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 Saturday. I'm looking at my computer. It is November 17th on this kind of kind of cloudy day. Here in New York City, here in New York City, it is kind of cloudy. Yeah, the weather's gone totally straight from fall to winter, a little too quick for me. Uh, We had a snowstorm, first snowstorm of the year earlier this week. I hate it. I hate living here in the winter. Hate it. All these fan anyone who has any fantasies about living in New York City, just remember that we have miserable winters, miserable winters. And honestly, temperature-wise, you know, there's people that live in Minnesota, and it's like thirty degrees. That's balmy. It's hundred, or it's like minus twenty here. You know, four months a year. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. So the difference between living in negative 20 degrees in the winter time in rural minnesota compared to like 15 to 35 ish degrees in new york in the winter is that just the nature of living in the city you got to be outside a decent amount at least a little bit way more than because like all right i'm trying to think about this if i lived in rural minnesota and i lived in a house and i had a job and i had to work at my job And then I go home, or I go to the store, whatever. And then I go home, eat dinner, go to bed, whatever. Regular work day. I would imagine, because everything's so spread out, you have yourself a car from what I would guess probably like a a heavy-duty pickup truck or something like that. Not to typecast, but my... uh, Family, my extended family lives up in the uh, rural section of upstate New York, like way upstate, close to Montreal, and or an hour from Montreal, I should say. And uh, up there, everyone has pickup trucks. It's just the it's just the culture. It's the way it is. But it's also it makes sense. You know, the weather up there is pretty bad. You want to get around in bad weather. You want to be able to carry stuff. Get a pickup truck. Plus, you know, culturally, it's just it just makes more sense. Um, to lug stuff around, and you know, in New York, there aren't as many pickup trucks, but they take up a lot of space. They don't have great gas mileage, and you're not usually lugging stuff around New York. And the road conditions usually aren't as bad as in the middle of nowhere. It's just the way it is, people. So, you have a pickup truck. You're probably driving to your job. You're driving home. You're driving to the store. 
You're just driving anywhere. There's no traffic jams. So you're basically not ex- the only time you're really exposing yourself to the elements is if you if there's like a storm and you have to uh I'd say shovel but up there it's probably getting a snow blower. In that case, yeah, it sucks. You probably have to stay outside for a little bit in really harsh weather. I get it, but I'm just saying if I converted my life to living in rural Minnesota or Wisconsin or Michigan or somewhere where it gets, you know, in the ne- North Dakota where it gets like negative whatever on a consistent basis, I would feel like I'd be outside less because in New York you're walking to the subway, taking the subway, then walking to wherever you need to go. In my case, I commute to the Bronx, so it's like I'm walking to the subway, taking the train, switching trains, taking that train all the way up to the Bronx pretty much, and then I have a 10-minute walk to my office in the Bronx. It's not like my office is right by the subway. I got to walk 10 minutes or so close to water, mind you, where you get that wind chill. So I just feel like I'm outside way more in New York. And this shit is brutal. I hate it already. I'm done with winter already. And I don't think winter even's officially started yet. This is that time of year where I start Craigslisting apartments elsewhere, man. It's that time of year. I hate it. I hate it. I'm going to have to make a change eventually. Gonna have to make a change eventually because I don't want to be here in the winter anymore. I know all six of you listening don't want to hear me bitching about the weather every episode. And I feel like I do that every episode um, from here on out because that's just how I'm going to be feeling these days, you know? I'm going to be feeling these days. So, yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up, huh? It's next Thursday. Next Thursday, that Thanksgiving, as they say, at least as my family says up north, up north, that Thanksgiving. Um, Before I do Thanksgiving, I have to do a lot of work because I'm volunteering at my job. So my job, the biggest day of the entire year is Thanksgiving in terms of food delivery. I work for like a food, I work for uh, doing user experience design for a food delivery slash manufacturing company. And their big day is Thanksgiving because they provide turkeys. So I provide the user interface or design on the user interface that lets you buy the turkeys for Thanksgiving and your stuffing and your gravy and your collard greens, and your mac and cheese, and your pumpkin pie, and your pecan pie, and your apple pie, and your what other vegetables you get, uh, asparagus or Brussels sprouts, whatever. Buy all that stuff with us, we deliver it to you. But uh, because it's such a big week, the company is basically like all that corporate baloney you guys do forget about it volunteer instead and help us um, with these deliveries so I've done stuff in the past like I've actually delivered bags to people in New York City Um, but this time 
I'm doing two. Th I'm loading. So I'm gonna be loading. Uh, I think food into into vans that are like makeup items for people who have like late deliveries or whatever. Um, that shouldn't be too bad. But then I'm also working on replenishment, and replenishment means I work in the plant, and I am uh, basically when people put orders together, they pick from these sections, and replenishment means refilling the inventory in these sections. So I'm gonna be finding groceries. Um, that are stored as inventory and basically refilling these sections that people pick from to put orders together, to put in bags to bring to people at their homes. Um, so yeah, I'm putting in that, that manual plant work shift next week on Monday. Um, so it should be interesting. I've never worked in a plant before. I've never done this kind of assembly line kind of work, but it gives you perspective. I mean, when I've done deliveries, it definitely gives you perspective of uh, the amount of work that goes into the operation. You know what I mean? You get, you definitely get appreciation. When you work a corporate job and you're in an office just brainstorming strategy for optimization of our growth funnels, you know, all that corporate shit, uh, you tend to lose awareness if there is a more analog per se part of your uh, business something that's just more manpower more hands-on like delivering or picking or packing um or transporting things like that operations and logistics basically uh so yeah it, it should give me some good perspective on how the operation works probably kick my ass hopefully I'm hoping it's not boring and I'm just like grabbing a bunch of uh you know pretzel sticks and throwing them in a bin over and over again like preferably there's a variety of different items in terms of weight so I can get a little workout in maybe we'll see we'll see one thing I will do is I'll dress appropriately this time when I did uh deliveries I did not dress correctly for the part at all and uh I was in footwear that was unideal for running around the Upper East Side in Manhattan. I was, and I also had my backpack with my laptop, and I was, I was uh, pushing this huge cart. Basically, it looked like when you go to a hotel and where what you put your luggage on. I basically had a uglier version. Those things are usually nice looking, like gold or something. Yeah, this is some rusty piece of shit, but bigger version of that. Filled the grocery bags. I'm pushing that through the Upper East Side. It's a little hilly up there with uh, some little tiny little slip-ons on and a backpack with a $1,500 laptop in it. And I had to like go to the uh, the delivery entrance or the, serv the service entrance of all these swanky-ass apartment buildings just like you walk into the main entrance and it's like chandeliers and it's just like that old New York money right on Central Park. And I was going to the back in the rusty elevator shaft with my expensive work laptop trying to deliver these rich motherfuckers their leftover forgotten toilet paper or uh, salmon or, uh, you know, cilantro or whatever. Um... So that's what I got on tap next week before I can go back to my parents' house and eat me some turkey. I'm hearing a lot of hate these days about turkey. 
on podcasts, just in general, on the social medias. Man, you guys just suck at turkey. That's what it is. I'm all right. I'm not the biggest turkey guy in the world. I'll admit it. It's not my favorite thing. I prefer some, you know, barbecue. I even prefer some nice spicy, like, stewed chicken, some slow-cooked brisket, things like that. But if you cook a turkey right, turkey is good as hell. But it's all about letting it cook long enough, the moisture control, how you stuff it, how you season it. Um, There's a lot that goes into the art of turkey making. It is... A tougher thing to cook. I'll I'll give the haters that. To get a turkey right, it is way tougher than other meats. But if you get it right, it's pretty good. It's pretty satisfactory. I'm not going to be eating turkey. Actually, I do eat turkey every day because at my work um, in the cafeteria and the salad bar, I'm trying to get my health on. I'm eating salads every day and shit, doing this intermittent fasting. I'm not doing keto or any of that stuff because... Uh, I need my cobs at night, feel me? But uh, sometimes I'll do no carbs for lunch, but I'll always get a salad. Sometimes I'll put quinoa in it, sometimes I won't. But I always put turkey in it because that's the meat. There's no chicken. They just give you turkey meat. So I'm eating turkey every day. And that turkey is not well-seasoned or well-cooked. That's that dry-ass bullshit turkey. Um, But I need the protein, and I'm not going to be ordering some Sloppy Joes or some you know, heavy carb entree that they serve. So I stick with salads during the day. But uh, point being, I don't know what I'm saying. Why did I say that? Oh, duh. I'm just saying I'm not going to eat turkey every day. You know, it's not like I'm going to be ordering Seamless or Grubhub and getting just turkey. But occasionally a well-cooked turkey is a nice dinner. So stop the hate. It's not that bad. Um, and I like Thanksgiving. I like watching the football, I like just hanging out. I'm a little worried that I'm going to go off the rails with my diet these days because uh, I've been eating pretty good. I'm eating pretty good. I'm not going crazy and restricting myself and just eating boiled chicken and broccoli for dinner every night. I mean, last night I had a Korean pork and rice bowl with sweet potato-based noodles. Like That was kind of a borderline cheat meal, but... I'm eating well, point being. I'm not restricting myself, but I'm trying to eat healthy like 80% of the time. Like tonight, I'm probably just going to have chicken and asparagus and maybe a little quinoa or something. Um, I'm a big believer in 80-20 principle for pretty much everything, and with diet, I'm doing the same thing. Plus, I'm layering intermittent fasting over just trying to eat healthy 80% of the time. And it's really effective because um, because you're narrowing your window of eating Unless you just binge eat candy or something like that, there's not going to be that much time for you to eat the unhealthy 20%. You know, there's 20% within the day that you're eating, but if you're restricting that day to a lesser amount of time, then that 20% of bad eating becomes even less too. So it's been effective. I'm. It's weird. I've never tried seriously switching up my diet or like trying to lose weight or anything like that in my life, but... I really notice it right now. It's the first time ever where I feel like I've lost weight and like I reach that that stomach, that little like skinny fat nasty ass 
kind of spare tire situation and starting to pop out and I'm feeling it and it feels less. I, I literally feel like I have dropped weight. It's funny how people, because whenever you hear about weight loss, they're always hitting you with the whole like, uh, you know, you're not going to really notice it. Don't look at yourself every day. Look at yourself after, you know, specific weeks. Um, then you can notice the change in your body. But if you just look at yourself every day, you're not going to really notice it, which is true. I understand that. Um, it's like with aging, you know, aging is the same thing. You're not going to notice aging of somebody you see every day, but if you don't see them for a year or two, you'll know, you might notice it more. But, um, with me, it's true. I'm not seeing on a day to day level any real changes, but I feel it. Like it was just one day I woke up and you just feel lighter. And I know I got lighter because I weighed myself and I, and I weighed significantly less, um, you know, about seven pounds less than when I started this whole initiative. So, but now it's like when I grab at, this is, this is a little graphic, this is a little gross, but you know, you got the little spare tires, a little softness around the tummy area. And now when I grab at it, I, I literally feel less stuff and it feels like there's less stuff there. So it's pretty crazy. It's kind of trippy because I've never I've never gone through the whole dieting thing ever. I don't even like saying dieting. I don't consider what I'm doing dieting because I'm not I'm not not eating anything. Like I'll still eat a dessert even. It's just um restricting my window and I'm trying for the most part to eat healthy. So just on throwaway meals, meaning just like, you know, what's for dinner on a Wednesday night, middle of the work week, you know, that you're going to cook yourself. I'm not going to make some lasagna. I'm going to make some chicken, some vegetables, and maybe a little rice, a little quinoa, something like that. Um, you know, lower carbs, more fats, all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, this tomorrow morning, me and my girlfriend are going to New Jersey to my, like, best friend growing up's mom, who I've known forever's 60th birthday party. And it's basically going to be a Friendsgiving brunch kind of situation where there's going to be everything because, you know, they they go all out. Plus, people are going to be contributing and bringing stuff. So there's going to be, I'm assuming, pancakes. I'm assuming waffles. I'm assuming, like, fruit stuff, breakfast fruit, frittatas, just some, like, egg-based things. I'm expecting waffles. I'm expecting... uh some more lunchish kind of entrees, and I'm expecting a lot of desserts. I'm, ex- I'm fully expecting brownies, cookies. Um, I'm expecting some crackers with the meat and cheese displays. Uh, definitely cocktails. Like it's if you're trying to get fit and get healthy, it's it's a it's a nightmare on one level, but it's amazing on another level. So I'm not gonna restrict myself. I'm having all that. It's going to be a real cheat meal, but I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to eat, you know, 2,000 calories in one sitting or anything like that. You know, I'm just going to do a little bit of everything, and it is what it is. Um, but I'm there more to have a good time, not so much just uh, eat a bunch of desserts as much as I would like to. But, yeah, this is that season, man. It's that season where you get tested with this stuff. Christmas is going to be the worst. I'm probably going to just lose it on Christmas. And fucking binge eat gingerbread houses. But uh, I hope not. I hope that willpower sticks through. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, I've mostly just talked about what I eat for 19 minutes. 
because I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on these days in the world of like culture and technology. I just feel like there's not a whole lot going on. There's this whole Facebook thing going on this week where uh, the 2016, you know, Russian hacking fake news thing is starting to blow up in court a little bit due to the PR crisis. But I'm trying to read these articles to talk about them with you guys. You know, reading these articles about how they uh, Facebook hired this PR firm called Definers Public Affairs. And they basically botched everything and exposed everything and led to this whole PR nightmare for Facebook. And the bottom line is, when I'm reading these articles, I just lose fucking interest. I just lose interest. And what I'm realizing is I am reading articles to talk about on this podcast because I feel like they fit the niche which is this thing that I outlined, which is tech culture, which I did originally to give this show some sort of focus, right? So I'm not just talking about one thing or another. But at the end of the day, I feel like this podcast is fairly mediocre because I'm not talking about things that I genuinely find interesting consistently. I'm finding things to fill time with like talking about the Facebook PR crisis. And I don't care. I don't even have Facebook. I've hated Facebook since 2008. I literally just today got invited to a friend's giving and my friend forgot to initially invite me to the friend's giving cuz it's today because I don't have Facebook and apologized and everything and they're like, "Forgot you don't have Facebook. I'm having this friend's giving thing tonight. You want to come?" I can't come. But the point is, is I've willingly in my life sacrificed getting invited to things or the possibility at least of getting invited to things because I detest Facebook so much and that that started 10 years ago. So to me, talking about Facebook collapsing in a way, I don't know if they're actually collapsing. I feel like they have too much... Uh, too much data to the collapse at this point. You know, they have they're the they're the hub for people's memories at this point, at least in terms of media, in terms of photos of them, you know, doing keg stands late high school and early college. Where do they store those photos? They're on they're on the Facebooks. They're on the book of faces. So, uh, I think they have too much leverage in terms of people's data and memories and nostalgia at this point to really fail. But, man, if they didn't have that, they would fail. Because Facebook as a platform in 2018 is hot, 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 smoggy garbage at this point. Um, so, I don't know. I just don't find much interest in reading about this stuff. I just don't. I rather would read about fasting. I love technology, but not this kind of crap. Um, so that's why I'm talking about other things this episode. I re there's no major tech event that really stood out this week. Um, there's no real cultural event because there's more important shit happening. Like, uh, these wildfires going on in California. How crazy is that? 
I fantasize about moving to California all the time, but after seeing this shit, it's just like, do I want to live in a place that could look like hell literally at certain times of year? It's terrible, man. It's terrible. People lost their houses. Um, the Southern California fires getting a lot of buzz, but, uh, that Northern event where like 53 people, at least 53 people died, probably more because there's still like 200 people missing. The one in Paradise, California. Holy crap. That is some scary shit. That is some scary, scary shit. Because it's just like so easy for a fire to catch on up there. Just like one match can do it, really. I feel like a lot, I mean, I I have no statistics on this, but I keep hearing a lot of these wildfires are just started from like pranksters, like idiot high school kids just messing around. And like to have this much death and destruction happen based on like high school kids being morons. I don't know, man. That's some scary, scary stuff. Yeah, I feel so bad for these people, particularly ones that are not Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth. Like, they lost their house in Malibu, I believe. Um, Yeah, I feel bad for the celebrities, too. I mean, it's terrible, no matter how much money you have to go through something like that. It's never good, but shit, man. Those people who are just, like, locals. Because there's this thing where people on YouTube, when they think, they hear of a place like Malibu getting hit by these wildfires, you get this automatic thing like, well, Malibu is all rich people. Fuck them. You know, that just creeps in your head. And then all these trolls on YouTube start talking about that in the comments section. But um, with me, I know Malibu is not all rich people. There are people, middle, middle class, who moved out to California in the 50s and the 60s moved to Malibu, bought a house in Malibu when it was not an expensive place to live and have just maintained their house for decades after decade after decade. And then now, you know, they're not, they have the fourth generation of their family living there or their third generation. And they're not rich. They just have this one asset. And that's, that's why they're rich because they have a house in Malibu, but now they don't have a house in Malibu. So they might as well, you know, be the family living in, you know, middle america making 50k a year because that's what they are now because their assets lost so i feel terrible for those people and i feel terrible for the people up in uh, paradise california that's awful too um you know it's just these are just like working class place like paradise is just like a working class town so yeah it's like those when you hear about those tornadoes that like destroy towns in missouri and places like that to me this is like the same kind of thing but it looks even more devastating just the look and the lingering uh smoke and air quality afterwards it's just a disaster man it's a disaster so uh i don't know it's just scary to me it is a scary situation and it's you know it's a real thing that prevents you from moving out there on top of the taxes and the economy being in the gutter and things like that but uh yeah um just hope everyone out there is okay and uh i'm trying to figure out what the best donation uh platform is i've i've seen some but i i don't want to just donate to a big like red cross thing i want to do something a little more grassroots so if anyone knows any like grassroots organizations 
to donate to where you know your money's going to a good place, let us know on uh, Instagram DM or Twitter at NRS underscore show because I, uh, after reading about how charities work and things like that, I think there's a documentary called Charity Inc. that's really good. I just have these, this hesitation towards donating to just big charities because I, I, I'm not convinced the money's going to the right place at this point. So if anyone knows any, any more grassroots organizations, let me know. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, there is one kind of techish event that was big, big, big that uh, I do have some thoughts on or care about on some level, which is the Amazon news. Amazon News, they're moving to uh, Northern Virginia and Long Island City here in New York City. Um, It's pretty big. It was unexpected. I would have never expected that. Uh, The Northern Virginia one makes a ton of sense because Jeff Bezos is trying to become one of the, well, he already is one, but more so one of these Washington power players you know there's a lot of articles talking about how he spends his time and how often he's already in Washington I think he has a house in DC that he uh, visits frequently or goes to frequently oh you guys hear that the ambient noise not the police siren but the uh, that's my heater it's my heater pumping that steam in anyway he has a house in Washington DC He's he's trying, you know, he owns the Washington Post, obviously. Um, so that, to me, the Northern Virginia thing makes sense. They're not going to obviously open a factory and warehouse and or corporate office and all that in, in D.C., but where they're thinking is, you know, right outside D.C. It makes a ton of sense. But the Long Island City thing, that was kind of a shocker. I would have never expected that, and it's funny because my company is a competitor ish with them not really we don't consider amazon like a direct competitor to be honest it's more these uh brick and mortar stores like trader joe's we consider more of a competitor but uh we are they are competitor regardless and what's funny is we just moved from long island city um i bet the upper management team wishes they didn't sell the building to nbc so quickly we sold our old buildings to nbc and maybe one other company but anyway that is going to be crazy because right now, when you go and commute to LIC, Long Island City, in New York right now, it's those seven trains, you take the seven train to get there, are already super crowded during rush hour. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like with an extra 50,000 people working there. That's no joke. But Long Island City is an emerging neighborhood. Right now, when you go there, it still feels a little bit like they're trying to make a nice, bougie, gentrified neighborhood out of an old-school neighborhood. And it's just, like, feels kind of like they're in this, like, puberty phase as a neighborhood in New York City where they're kind of going through the changes. But, uh, you know, this Amazon move will accelerate that for sure. And I'm wondering what the underlying motive is other than the tax benefits that New York State gave them to move to LIC. Like, I'm wondering business-wise what initiatives... Um, make it imperative for them to be in like New York City because if they're really focusing on grocery things are going to get pretty interesting here in New York because right now there is an all out war going on it's like a gang war it's like the Jets and the 
sharks on some West Side Story shit going on right now when it comes to the online food delivery battle royale. Um, there's a bunch of companies. Seamless is one. Blue Apron, Fresh Direct. Uh, what are some of the other ones that are bigger? HelloFresh, Instacart, Amazon to a lesser extent, Peapod. Uh, there's a bunch. And they're all kind of just competing for market share along with the more brick and mortars like uh, like Trader Joe's, Gristides. It's just a war right now. You know, this isn't really interesting to anyone that doesn't live in New York, I guess. But it's a war in food delivery. And I'm wondering if Amazon's putting their foot down and being like, hey, it's game time, bitches. We're ready to take you guys out. But the thing is, Amazon doesn't know how to do fresh food very well, which is why they've been struggling since they bought Whole Foods. Because just taking fresh food like fish or something from a Whole Foods store and trying to deliver it in New York traffic is very, 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 very hard to do. Um, also, when you have these weather patterns that come in like last week and just mess shit up even worse it becomes even harder season so seasonality plays a big part in it as well and uh good luck but i'm wondering what amazon's trying to do in new york from a real granular business standpoint that makes that makes that made them feel like that lic move was uh the right thing to do because it's going to be interesting and it might affect me but I am so sick of this weather, it might not affect me, because I might say peace out to this whole New York City thing by the time they get up and running anyway. So, we shall see. It is interesting. It was the one real piece of tech news that really uh, piqued my interest this week. So, Or maybe it happened last week, but it was after I recorded. Um, I don't really remember at this point. But Amazon. Amazon. I remember there was this article that came out in like 2015 about the work culture there. Jesus, does it suck? Or did it suck, at least? I think they changed some of their policies after that New York Times article came out. Just look up if you want to check it out. You know, Amazon work culture, New York Times, 2015. It was one of the, it was in the summer. It was like July or something. Um, but, yeah, they talk about the cutthroat, cutthroat, most hardcorest of capitalistic virtues that they instill in their people there. It's, it's insane. It's like... People were getting um, reported for taking time off on maternity leave and, like, not being able to complete their work. So, like, HR would talk to them because they had kids. And they would say, I don't think you're great for this position anymore because you have other motive, other agendas, other things to take care of, i.e. kids. And it's just like that shit. It's, it's honestly, it painted a really gross picture of that company. And I have a hard time believing I'd ever want to work there. I mean, I have a friend that does work there, or a colleague, I should say. He's like an old friend. He's from high school. Um, he lives in Seattle now, but I haven't, I haven't talked to him in like a couple of years, really. But I grew up with him. I've known him since we were in kindergarten. So he works at Amazon. He seems to like it. So maybe, maybe it's a good place, or maybe it's heavily dependent on department. But shit, man, I remember that article back in 2015 painted a pretty brutal unfortunate picture for them because uh it just looked like almost the scene that they painted looked like something out of a movie where like the director is trying to make a statement about the 
evils of capitalism and they make like this company as cutthroat as possible kind of like devils wear prada the devil wears prada that movie where it's just like work over everything get people to compete with each other get people kind of mad at each other and you know let corporate darwinism play out that whole thing it's just gross like sure you might get good work ethic out of it but you get Getting tunnel vision on working for somebody else to me just is not sound. It just doesn't sound like a good time. I have a hard time working my hardest when, at the end of the day, I'm just working for somebody else who's working for somebody else who's working for somebody else, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, to me, it's like I just would have extreme hesitation ever working for a conglomerate corp like that. But, hey, that's just me. Other people, they see that logo on that LinkedIn and they feel proud because they know they can get any job they want and work for any other head honcho that they want and be the, you know, it's job security for them, bottom line. But to me, I don't know. I work corporate now and uh, the idea of working for yourself and just hustling on your consulting grind or on your uh, entrepreneurial grind just gets more appealing every single day but we'll see how it shakes out i might be full of shit i'm trying to i'm still trying to figure out what what i really am when it comes to business and how i'm trying a whole lot of different things right now going to conferences for different things trying to take on different kinds of projects and We'll see what shakes out. I'm not too worried about it or anything. But bottom line is I am not a hardcore capitalist in that Amazon mold. And uh, I don't think I can ever really work for them. But a lot of people do and a lot of people will. And that LIC move is going to be very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Um, I think that's it. I think I'm going to call it. I'm about 37 minutes in on this episode. I got to hit the gym and I got to break my fast. I still getting my fast on right now. I think I'm probably like 17 or 18 hours into this. I'm starting to feel a little hungry. I could go longer, but I feel a little hungry. So I'm going to start this eating window. I'm going to hit the gym. Hope you guys have a great week. Um, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter if you have not yet at NRS underscore show. Also, if you guys are into anchor, and you just, I mean, I hate begging, but I don't even know if most people know this feature exists. If you like this show and you want to donate a little something, $1, $2, whatever it be, a penny, I'll take a penny. Fuck yeah, I ain't above no motherfucking penny. Um, You can donate on anchor.com, find my show, Not Rocket Science, and there should be like a little donation button, or I think they call it Contributions. Because donate sounds a little bit too much like we're a charity or something. So they call it contributions. And if you want to contribute to the show, that would be awesome too. I'm just floating the idea out there. I'm not saying please 100% do. I'm just, I don't know how well surfaced surfaced that feature is. Um, so yeah, anchor.fm. Just type in not rocket science and you'll find my show page and you can do it there. That's all I got, guys. Hope you guys have a great week. Um, Have a happy Thanksgiving. Eat a whole lot of turkey and mashed potatoes. Get that itis. Fall asleep watching football or a movie or whatever you like to watch. But, uh, you know, hope you guys 
chill with your family, have a great turkey day. Um, and again, shout out to those dealing with these California fires. I hope you guys have an even better turkey day some way, somehow as well. And love you guys. See you next week. Take it easy. Thanks. Peace.